I think I'm going to begin this week of programs by by answering a question a few people have actually asked me, and that is, uh, why do you do this program every day? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, I'll be honest. When I first started doing the program a little over a year ago, matter of fact, about uh, 14 months ago, I didn't think the program would last more than six months, maybe seven at the most. At the time, I felt strongly that if certain things came together as most people believed that they would, the need for this program as I've been doing it wouldn't be quite as necessary as there are plenty of other voices out there that are putting out news and information. So many things, though, have changed in that time. When I started the program, there were two things on everybody's mind back in the end of August of last year. Of course, the upcoming presidential election in the United States and in what direction would this this pandemic go? I can remember reading an article when I worked in emergency management trying to help out a county dealing with their COVID-19 response. And this article was talking about some of the things that many researchers, scientists, medical doctors, people that really know their stuff and have not been bought off or paid off to give a specific narrative, had made an assessment back in the early summer of 2020, you know, around June, July. And they had a very deep concern that if we kept playing around with these lockdowns and artificial measures that don't really work, we now know they don't, we might create a longer-term problem. Now, this is before anybody even talked about the vaccines. They were talking in terms of the natural progression of a pathogen like a virus. If we would just let the virus work its way through the population of healthy people that can easily recover and actually treat people, not withholding treatments. There was a lot of that going on last year. A lot of it continues to go on now. Proven treatments. We knew this last year. We're being suppressed in favor of some kind of a miracle vaccine cure. So we can't use hydroxychloroquine, can't use ivermectin, can't even discuss vitamin D. By the way, a little fact. Literally 100% of all those that die of COVID-19 have a deficiency of vitamin D. And people with a normal level of vitamin D rarely, if ever, die. They have a 95% chance of not dying when they're hospitalized. But see, we're not allowed to talk about that on fa- on Facebook anymore. Can't mention that on Twitter. Can't mention that in certain blue states in the United States. Can't talk about that in Australia. Can't talk about that in England. Can't talk about that in Lithuania. Because see, it goes against a narrative. But, but a year ago, some people saw it coming. I used to talk to those people and I wondered, you know, if they were correct This is pre-vaccine, so don't forget, this is before the vaccines were ever announced. 
This one think tank. Now, I got to remember their name, but I remember reading an extensive, I mean, it was like eight pages of explanation why. I know the group is based in Europe. And as I remember from reading and doing a little quick research, they were not beholden to any particular government or ideology. If anything, they were very a or non-political. And their whole thing was, if we would treat this like we've treated most others in history, within a period of time, depending upon travel and how people get around, these viruses tend to snuff themselves out. I remember reading that. They tend to snuff themselves out. And this article that I read, this paper that I read, peer-reviewed, was saying based upon what we've known for a long time, you know, decades. If we stop playing games with this virus and isolated those most in danger of severe disease or death, when you look at who dies of this virus, and I'm, I'm just being honest, it's people over the age of 80 primarily. Oh, you can always find the guy that's in his 50s or 60s or even 30s or 40s, but it is so rare by comparison. But see, every once in a few weeks, you'll see a story on CNN about the guy that's 46 that died of COVID. See, we told you, take the vaccine. They have to wait weeks to find one person. And of course, up until the 20th of January, CNN had their their dutiful death ticker on the screen to show how many people died now that more people have allegedly died under Biden uh, than in the entire pandemic up to the 20th of January. We don't talk about it much. Instead, we we hear the screaming need to take a vaccine. But see, these researchers last year were saying if we just stop playing games Stop trying to pretend we can contain a virus. Listen, Australia. Listen, New Zealand. You're not going to lock down your way out of this. You're never going to vaccinate your way out of this. You're being foolish. You're being satanically inspired. Your brains have turned to manure. If you think for one moment that you're going to isolate yourself in such a way that will be pandemic free by having everybody locked down forever, vaccinated, thoroughly controlled with an app on their phone to know where they're going and what they're doing. That has nothing to do with stopping a virus. Australia, there's something vastly more satanic and evil and reprobate going on in your government that has nothing to do with a man-made coronavirus out of a lab in China. It is just the facilitator of this evil. We'll talk about that in a moment. But see, if this was a so-called virus that was attacking humans, and I learned this, I had a great discussion twice with a good doctor friend of mine who lives out west. A physician, many years experience, knows his stuff. He and I had a talk twice, and once in October, and then I think around April, May of this year. And I asked him some questions 
about these variants because it was kind of his specialty at one time. So go to somebody that knows more than me. That's what I've been doing on this program, trying to find people that I can ask questions, get a rapid education, distill it down to words that I can share with you so you can get some information to use in your life. He made a couple of interesting comments about these viruses or any virus in particular of this nature that that finds its way into the human species. He said over time, like any virus does, they mutate. And as a general rule, as they mutate, they become on one hand, more infectious. In other words, more people get it. But on the other hand, their symptoms and their danger to you, uh, their their ability to really cause severe damage or death, also significantly reduces. Now, let me just make sure you understood what I just said. As viruses naturally mutate, they become more infectious, meaning they can get replicated in more host, which are you and I, people. But they also become less lethal, to be quite blunt. Their symptoms become milder and milder. And if we actually allow treatment, these symptoms and these problems and issues, as we have seen proven over and over and over again by legitimate doctors that are being crushed, suppressed, and slandered by the Twitters and Facebooks. Yeah, even Jen Passy of the White House and Biden himself, Democrat governors all over the country, they have slandered these good doctors that know more than these idiots that are sitting in governor's mansions and the White House will ever know. And they're not political dangers like Anthony Fauci. We'll get to him in a moment, too. This group believe firmly, this research group, they're talking, they did this research based upon what they have observed over decades, that if we just stop playing games with this virus and see at the time that they were putting this out, it's becoming wintertime in the Southern Hemisphere, and we're coming into the summertime in the Northern Hemisphere. And they firmly believed if we let this thing run its course, that we would literally be snuffing out COVID-19, or I should say SARS-CoV-2, by November of last year, like the end of November. It would begin to snuff itself out in the northern hemisphere and shortly thereafter in the southern hemisphere. And it doesn't require these worthless, dangerous health deteriorating, the idea of locking people down in their homes, keeping them out of the sunlight. This is where Australia went nuts. How can anybody in Australia look at their government and think anybody that is walking around with a title is even sane anymore? I think they're demonically either oppressed or possessed. And I'm saying that not haphazardly. You don't, when you know that sunlight that creates vitamin D, vitamin D, one of the most important parts of your immune system. 
Why do you think diseases spread so much better in the wintertime? It's not because the weather is cold per se. It's because we gather together in, sh- in smaller quarters and we're outside of the sun. The two things we get less of, sunlight, fresh air. Now we are in close quarters with a depressing immune system. And so what's Australia's solution? Keep you indoors. (laughs) Do exactly what any common sense person would say you do not do is what they are doing in Australia. What evil satanic demon has possessed those in charge of your nation? No sane person would do what they're doing in Australia. No sane person would do what they're doing in Canada. No sane person would elect anybody that's in office like Trudeau in Canada. The little man-child is a danger to humanity. He runs around worshiping the earth and wanting every little child to be stabbed in the arm with a vaccine they don't need. What possesses people to think this way? And so I go to the question, why am I doing this radio program? I know there are lots of voices out there. Numbers of voices that talk about many of the same things that I do. There are people that I read. I have to have, I pay for subscriptions to get their information. But I have seen over time that what they share ends up being the truth. And those things that I've shared from those sources, I have never, ever had to retract or walk back. I've had several listeners write over the past couple of weeks. Your mail is catching up, and I am very much behind if I need to be replying. By the way, if you can use email, sometimes that's the quickest way to get a reply out of me because I'm where I can reply when I'm seeing your note, and I try to reply to every note that you send, just so you know. Somebody had written and asked a couple of questions and asked of my staff, and I'm thinking, my staff? It's, it's just me. I am the staff. I am the producer, the engineer, the distributor, the talent, if you want to call it that, or I'll just say host, the researcher, and the office manager of Truth to Ponder. It's a one-man operation. Has been from day one. And there are no paid employees. That includes me in this operation. But somebody somebody asked me a couple of questions and and I just want to give a good answer on some of why why I say some of the things that I do. I got a few people mad at me with a couple of things that I've said and, and a couple of them are, are wonderful listeners that have listened for a long time and I struck a nerve. And, and I don't want to be, and I've thought about this. How do I answer this question? Because I have a great respect for, for my audience. And maybe if I give some background. And I'm, I'm not going to give any names, any people, personalities, uh, other radio or television people. I, all I'm going to say is that there are a few out there that, they put out a lot of good information, but you got to be careful because not 100% of it is reliable. And I'm not going to say there, this has happened several times. There, there's one in particular that comes to mind that I have mentioned in the past. And he's mostly in the secular arena. 
And when one time he got sued for something that he said, and he went to court. And the defense was that he's not a news person or journalist, he's an entertainer. And as an entertainer, he had free license uh, to have over-the-top headlines and accuracy and truth were not being implied because he's not a journalist. Now, I want you to think about that. If I was ever questioned about this radio program, and I said something that somebody says was untrue, number one, I'm very careful to vet the things that I put on this program. I mean, I am really cautious. I have been very tempted with some of these really over-the-top headlines. What a way to start a program with something really to get your attention. But if it turns out not to be true, why would I do it? Number one, it would hurt the credibility of what I'm trying to do. Number two, it doesn't help you any. And then the whole program begins to get a network of people that have a legitimate way to attack everything or whatever I'm saying. As long as I can do a program and you can't get me on, quote, the facts or the accuracy of the things that I share, that puts me in good stead. But there have been a number of people that put out stories and videos and audio and television and everything. And, and when they are challenged, they'll say, oh, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a news person. I'm not a source of truth or information. I'm simply an entertainer. And all of those entertainers have one thing in common. Big paychecks. I mean, it makes them a very nice living. They're not living on the edge. They're not paying for their airtime, part sometimes out of their own pocket. Look, I do this program because it is more of a ministry than anything else. And it's going to become more of a ministry in the days ahead. So I I look at this world, and, and the reason I started the program, at least in the short term, and then see where God takes it, to get through what I considered a very contentious election. And I had a really bad feeling, really bad feeling in August and September when I started the program. And I wish I was at my other location where I've saved a lot of the episodes to maybe play you a a sample of what I was saying back then. But I can remember specifically if, and I used to qualify any time I talked about the election, if by some miracle. Notice I said, if by some miracle Trump stays in office, we as Christians get nothing more than a temporary reprieve. Now, let me say that again. I want you to really catch this. I was saying last year before the election, if Trump should win, We as Christians get nothing more than a temporary reprieve. If the church becomes complacent, if the church becomes lazy, if the church becomes disengaged, if the church becomes just a Sunday gathering of people on Zoom in some cases, and we're not proactive in our faith, then it's just going to be a four-year delay in watching our society completely and totally unravel. 
That's the best you're going to get. Not that Trump is some super godly guy and he's an evangelist or whatever. No, he just happens to have policies that don't threaten freedom and the freedom of the church. Period. The other team running, their policies were aimed against people of faith, true faith. People that support honesty, dignity, and truth. Reality and and real science. The group coming in was anti-real science, anti-anything decent. And they were the epitome of the biblical statement of the reprobate mind and and Second Thessalonians when it talks about you know mass delusion, mass delusion. I I I think about the beginnings of this program, and I think about what that group said. Had we not played these games, and they were warning, if we keep playing this lockdown game in in Europe, if we keep locking down with no legitimate reason even the wearing of what i call face diapers that's what i call them face diapers they're not a face mask they are not a protector of the virus at all these two for a dollar face coverings you buy at walmart are frankly more dangerous to wear than the virus itself that it can't even protect you from saw a story that angered me I mean, angered me. It happened in Florida, in Brevard County, which is kind of surprising. But then again, the educational mafia of Satanist is getting into every school district in America one by one, even in places where you don't expect it. The safe public school districts are, are becoming fewer and fewer and farther between. I consider the public school system Satan's playhouse run by his run by perverts in many cases and people whose brains have rotted out from their from their wokeness. Yes, we can have boys in girls bathrooms. Oh, I know the boys may rape the girls, but we'll we'll cover it up. We don't want to admit to it. And if you dare challenge us in a school board meeting, we'll have the police escort you out or better yet, we'll call the FBI. This is what we've come to. The power of the state is now enforcing the realms of Satan. If you can't see it, you're blind. Then I look at this whole situation. What would have happened if a combination, now think this through really carefully. We know the virus is man-made. I don't care what anybody says. I will not, I'm not even going out on a limb anymore to say it. You know, they, they're, they're walking it back one little step at a time before, oh no, we never did gain a function. Well, we did gain a function, but it really didn't, it really probably, well, it might not have, but it most likely had nothing to do with this one. Yes, it did. You know it. You just keep walking it around trying to minimize your liability, Dr. Fauci. Why would people like Peter Daszak, who's a zoologist, not a virologist, why would a researcher in viruses by the name of Dr. Ralph Barrick, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, why would Anthony Fauci, who's been playing with viruses like AIDS since the 1980s, thinking AIDS or the coronavirus now might be a great vaccine vector, oh, 
and all the patents that have come out. Why do patents come out for a virus that was only discovered days before? And some kind of treatment. None of it makes any sense to a logical mind, but an evil and criminal mind thinks in those terms because that's exactly what it is, criminal, in my opinion. So I go back to what would have happened. What would have happened in April of last year as the Northern Hemisphere is going into the warmer months? Southern Hemisphere that's not been really impacted terribly encourages people to be more out of doors. Get what sun you can. Take precautions. For a virus that doesn't kill children, keep the schools open. Use the treatments that were coming out that we know work. But between big pharma and paid off government, we're always being suppressed. Dr. Zelenko, there's some things he says I may not agree with because of, you know, more, more in terms of his policy connections, but he's a doctor that makes a lot of sense, and a lot of them do. They've been doing it a lot longer than Joe Biden and Jan Paskey, the governor of New York or California. They, they, I think they know a little bit more. But what I find amazing when I think in terms of, of what could have been done last year in 2020 to allow the virus to mutate downward, working its way naturally through the population, protecting those in the nursing homes. When you look at where like 80%, 90% of those that died were in the nursing homes. If you have a compromised immune system, we need to have you protected, regardless of age, and allow the treatments that have proven over and over and over again to work to treat those who would come down with it to build up natural immunity. What a different world this would be today. Now, I'm not going to point any fingers at any particular politician. But I've got a severe distrust of Pfizer, and I have a severe distrust of Moderna. And I'll be getting into that on the other side. And see, when you look at the media today, look at the news media today, the media. They have one line, vaccine, get the vaccine. Maybe little children need to be authorized to have the vaccine. We know that none of the vaccines out there, except for a name, trade name, is really approved by the FDA. And that trade name uh, for Pfizer's vaccine, it's a trade name was on an expedited process that has no ability for long-term studies, but we're going to call it safe and effective like fascist book does. They always call the vaccines highly tested, safe, and effective. They are effective at nothing. I'll read you a story on that on the other side. But if you want to know why you should not trust Pfizer, if you want to know why you should not trust the media, if you want to know why you shouldn't trust our own government, or your government, wherever you live, if they're corona crazy, if they have gone corona crazy, like they're demon-possessed running around with their face diapers screaming vaccine, the only thing you need to know about the corrupt media and Pfizer and the government 
is this. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. That tells you just about everything that you possibly need to know about most news organizations in the United States today. I believe any time you start mixing too much money with media, the money will always talk. It has for for many, many years. The day of what I call an honest newsroom are becoming fewer and farther between. I just don't think they exist as they may have at one point, at least to a greater degree than today. So CNN will will follow the company line. Pfizer say vaccine good. Vaccine must be good. People against the vaccine must be bad. That's what it comes down to, my friend. Vaccines are good. Vaccines are great. They try to make the false connection to, well, you know, we eradicated polio, the vaccine. Well, that was a a true vaccine. These are not vaccines by the former legal definition changed just in time to allow this experimental concoction to be injected into the arms of people with no understanding of their long-term effects. Money talks. Money talks in media and politics really loud. And many companies overlook their own dangerous products, figuring, well, it's such a tiny number of people, maybe we can get away with it. And we've seen that happen over the decades, especially things in the health industry that ended up being really dangerous. Do you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? Man, I got a lot I want to share on the other side. I really do. And and some of the th- something else that is just on my mind that I've just got to get off my chest today. This is directed at Christians and the things that we do, and I just, I've got to deal with it. Because if we don't deal with some of the problems outside, we can talk about politics and vaccines and all kind of stuff all day long. And critical race theory and school boards. All of those things need to be discussed at length and solutions provided. But if we don't take care of another problem along the way, too, then our efforts are going to be worthless and in vain. If you believe in the work, by the way, mail is beginning to catch up. We've been on the road a lot this month. Uh, a wedding coming up this coming Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm the officiant. I'll be telling you more about that later. If you believe in the work we're doing and want to keep this one-man operation going, and it's not to pay me, it's to pay for airtime, 
The mailing address while we are traveling is Truth to Ponder. By the way, if you make out a check, I'd set up a parent ministry called Ancient Word Radio. I think I'll share about it a little bit later this week too, Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is 5753. That is 5753. And that's Highway 85, Highway 85 North. 5753, Highway 85 North. Number 3248. That's number 3248. The city, one word, Crestview. C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code 32536. That's 32536. Once again, real quick, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. When I come back, I'm going to share something that I just find disturbing and concerning And with everything we've got going on in this world, if we don't deal with this, I think our efforts in so many other areas are literally going to fall to shambles. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Ever wanted to see a miracle? Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Do you ever want to see a real miracle? I mean, like a big miracle, like the deaf hearing or the blind seeing or the dead coming to life or walking on water. Well, what would happen? What would happen if you saw a miracle like that? How would it change you? How would you live? Would you live all out for God? Would you live without any more wavering, no compromise, living what you know, going out, going forth, spreading the gospel, ministering? Well, imagine if you lived in a world of darkness that never saw any light. And then one day, after lifetimes of living in the darkness, all of a sudden, a light appears in the sky, rises above the world. All of a sudden, for the first time, that world is flooded with color. And they see this circle in the sky and lighting up everything. Their eyes filled with light. What would it be like? It would seem like almost like the miracle of creation itself. But what I'm describing is a sunrise. And we see it every day. And we don't think twice about it. But if it had never happened before, it would seem as the most awesome miracle imaginable. So why don't we see it as a miracle? Because we're used to it. In the same way, you know, if the blind started seeing every day, we wouldn't think twice about it. But that wouldn't change the fact it's a miracle. You see, there are miracles all around you. The miracle of existence, of life, and of course, the miracle of your salvation. Why don't you see them? Because we're used to it. Even Messiah in your life, you might be used to it, take it for granted. But you know what? That is enough of a miracle to live the rest of your life in awe. Stop taking these miracles for granted. See the miracles of your life, your relationship with God, the blessings of God, his power in your life is a miracle. And start living in the miracles. Serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength because your life is filled with miracles and they're as plentiful and as wonderful as your daily sunrise. Want more? Ask for the missing years, part two. Now, the free gift for you. What if you discovered the place where the lost Ark of the Covenant was? Well, a newly revealed ancient discovery just as awesome. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's our free gift to you and Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins guaranteed to revitalize your walk. How do you get these gifts absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Jewish people brought you salvation. The blessings came through them. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them. Bless those who blessed you and reach the un- 
unreached peoples from every nation and tribe and tongue. Just call 1-800-YESHUA. You'll be part of the great end time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Nice Jewish Boy, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah. Hapeleh, the miracle. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I want to welcome you back to part two of our Monday edition, 25th of October. Where is this month gone of 2021? We started the program with the question, why do I do this program? And I'll be honest, there's some days it's it's difficult to do, maybe where we're at, don't have the best recording environment, editing environment, but we keep on keeping on. And then I'll get emails and letters. I've had several over the weekend that are very positive. And occasionally, like I say, I've said things on this program and some people may be offended. And I apologize. That's not my intent. It's just that I need to call things out before we go down a road of confusion. That's all I'm going to say. I have a lot of websites that I look at and people that do some podcasts you probably never heard of. And I had, I'm not going to mention who, but I had one that's been shared with me, not really a national person, a number of times by a number of people. And they'll want me to, Bob, you got to listen to what this guy says and and his guest, man, this, this is really incredible stuff. And I'm not even going to indulge some of the headlines and some of the claims that have been made on this one particular program that people have been sending to me since the end of the election last year and the beginning of the announcement of vaccines. Most of the dire predictions that this one particular individual and his website have made, probably not who you think it is, but uh, not that famous, but have been mostly wrong. Things promised by the summer didn't happen, then it was supposed to be the fall, and maybe now the winter. What I'm saying is the credibility factor when you have dozens of predictions that are supposed to happen by May, June, and July, and then, okay, maybe August, September, October, none of it's happening. And so I can't keep going back to those places as a new source. And there have been, it's not one or two things. It's multiple times things have been said. And yet we have enough, we have enough real issues in this world to worry about versus the ones we make up for for headlines that just grab your attention. I try, look, I may give you a headline or a little teaser at the beginning of the program, but I'm not gonna go down some wild rabbit trail of nonsense in pursuing it quote, a big audience. I'd rather just tell the truth, sometimes be a little bit boring if need be, but share with you something that you need to know. And so, yeah, I do get a few emails that are critical and that's fine. I mean, I it, 
it's not hurting my feelings. It's I'm not losing any sleep. I just do what I'm told to do, in other words, what I'm strongly feeling that must be done. Had a nice little note, and it kind of leads me into this one little topic I want to get into in this segment. And I'm not going to identify maybe just from where. It's from the state of Indiana. Had this little note over the weekend. Dear Bob, enjoyed what I thought was one of your best sermons I've ever heard. Your salt and light sermon from four years ago. I'm listening on shortwave, so I have to find the archive podcast to play for my wife. And then he need to ask and ask if my staff could find the name of the song that I used following that message. And so I wrote him back, and of course, I was happy to provide him that information uh, about where to find the program. If you can get to the website, truth2ponder.com, we actually are using a Christian podcast site. It's not very expensive per month to host there. Now, I can't guarantee when it gets off to iTunes and other places, you may have advertising that I don't authorize and does not pay me. But just so you know, I I do try to route it through there as my primary source. And because we have used Anchor with the old weekend show and this from day one and Spreaker, I kind of felt, well, it's kind of hard to pull the plug. We'll just let it stay where it can stay and operate and run. The expense is not too much. And if you go to the website, though, you can find old programs, recent programs and broadcast and an archive going back a number of months. And they're right there at truth2ponder.com. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And that's a message that I never would have believed at the time that I gave it, what, four and a half years ago now, the world we'd be living in today. How many people thought four and a half years ago we'd be in the world we are today with lockdowns, shutdowns, uh, the politics, the dangers ever-present, the loss of freedom. And that's one of the things that has been gnawing at me. Not just the loss of freedom, but how fast so many people that claim the name of Christ have surrendered and have basically walked away from their faith more worrying about their secular life, this earthly life, and giving zero thought about their eternal life, their calling in Christ, and the things they're supposed to do. How many have done that? How many people that maybe up until the end of 2019 went to church on a semi-regular basis? I'm thinking of people that some went every Sunday and some were kind of forced to or felt obligated. But man, when the pandemic Kid, they don't even have to go back anymore. We've got an excuse. I'm thinking maybe you weren't that committed to begin with. You can learn a lot about a person. And as somebody that, as a young Christian, had to struggle with this quite often because I I was, quote, a radio disc jockey. And people would say back then to me, how, how can you be a disc jockey and, and be a Christian? Sometimes it's not easy. But see, there was a difference 
in the 1970s, at least in the stations that I worked at. I never had to worry about the content of the lyrics being obscene, filthy, dirty, mocking God. It just wasn't in the lyrics of that time. And I've never been one to worry about music styles. Styles of music and uh, melody come and go. And they vary culturally around the world enormously. I get it. And so I've, I've been less worrying about trying to say, we have to have the good old-fashioned music. Well, defined old-fashioned music, something from the 1800s, early 20th century, something you find in a Broadman hymnal, or how about the, the music that was sung by the early apostles? You wouldn't even be able to recognize it if you heard it. And so the colloquialism we sometimes push into our music, thinking that is God's perfect music, sometimes is not true. Personally, my favorite kind of music. Give me the stuff from the Reformation period, the big pipe organs and choirs. That's my personal liking. I run a whole ministry called Ancient Word Radio, ancientwordradio.com, that plays nothing but that music 24-7. And I plan to eventually add another channel that does have what I would call some of the mid-20th century, late 19th century kind of music and a few others. Just for background music in your life to get you away from the noise and confusion. I understand that. I really get it. But as a disc jockey back in 1971, 1972, 1973, and then I worked for some Christian radio stations, worked at one station that played some big band music, just instrumental primarily, and some talk stations and religious stations and definitely Christian operations. But you know, when I was that disc jockey dreaming that someday I'm going to be on a big radio station like WLS Chicago, maybe maybe WCFL Chicago, maybe maybe I'll be on Whoa Whoa out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, WHGM in Rochester, New York, maybe on the way to WABC in New York. All the big stations I would hear at night, dreaming maybe I too could work in Canada at CKLW, the Big Eight. God didn't have that in store for me. I had a little bit of fun along the way, learned a lot about the business and the operation and the technical aspects of a radio station. But you know, the lyrics were rather tame. The other day, I had a reason to listen to some of, quote, today's music of the last 10, 15 years. I don't pay attention to a lot of the music out there. I'll, I'll just be quite blunt. I don't. I have no need to. When I'm in my car, I listen to one of several things. Either Christian music, talk radio, and sometimes when I've had enough of both, I'll put on a channel You know that, that I, I'll put on literally golden age of radio stuff, the Jack Benny show. Uh, 
yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and then a lot of those old favorites from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, which help the miles go by when I'm driving. When I just want to be have background noise and I'm not really ready to engage in in some of the news stories of the world and I and I'm just I just need a little bit of a respite. I do this radio program as I said at the beginning to bring you truth and information a lot of it you get from other sources but I want to confirm those to you and then give you a little bit more. And so like I say today I'm listening to music by a, a number of different people looking at it for a long, long story. I'll tell you some other day. It's nothing of any consequence. But I'm listening to some of this music and the lyrics are just frankly obscene. They're filthy. Um, as Christians, I can't believe that Christians would even consider and listen to this music. It is that horrid. It is that. In other words, it destroys your testimony. And, and that's what the problem is with so much of the church prior to the pandemic. Compromised cultural Christians who don't think twice about obscene lyrics, who don't think twice about how the world functions, even though it goes in contradiction to what the Bible says, where pop culture psychology, where pop culture psychology outweighs the word of God means more to most people than the Word of God, is respected more than the Word of God, is followed more than the Word of God, and to them becomes their God with a small g and violates that first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yet our pop psychology and so many of the things that we love and cherish in this world that we put ahead of God every time, given that choice, Given that choice, we always gravitate to the things that are not of God because we engage in them and we love them more. And, and when church comes, if I'm too tired, we don't go. If it's inconvenient, we, we can't make it. Oh, if I got something else better to do, I'll, I'll come back next week. And, and I'll give my little bit to the church. Then the pandemic came along and so many people were just rejoicing on one level because, hey, <laughs> I can tell them I saw them on Zoom or Facebook Live or something. The church has been compromised for decades. We have entire church denominations that are literally possessed. They're, they're, they're synagogues of Satan. They have ceased being a church. I'm reading about this lesbian Presbyterian pastorette. I don't know what you call it. Lesbi some lesbian pastorette who's all been out of shape because Texas is making it more difficult for her to engage in her Moloch worship, which is infanticide. You know, the killing of babies in the womb. And she is you know, saying that, you know, it's God's fault. I mean, I mean, this, this, this person is, is literally possessed of Satan to the point of being everything that St. Paul claims is the reprobate mind and mass deception, that deception sending this individual willingly into damnation. And the compromised church is not doing a whole lot better. What is your first love? 
do you have any, if someone was to look at your life, would they see the evidence of Christ in your life or would they see the evidence of your work life in your life that has nothing to do with Christ? And and all you have to, to show about Jesus Christ in your life is minimal at best. Just minimal at best. So here's the thought that has come to my mind for this segment, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. Jesus gives a wonderful analogy, and it applies to the church today. There's a term, and I'm going to be putting a website to deal with this. I've got others that will be helping to write it. I have enough on my plate, but I'm going to help get it started because I do, technically, I'm able to build websites and hosts and things like that. There's a difference between preachers and teachers and pastors that preach from the pulpit about freedom and many of our cultural issues. I have seen nothing wrong with that at all especially if they're done strictly within the light and on the foundation of God's word. I don't believe in what people call Christian nationalism because I think that could be a very dangerous place to be. We need to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things the Gentiles seek, whether it be our, our substance to get through difficult times and also to get around and, and function in these very turbulent times are added to those that seek God first. But if we as the church are going to be out there making a whole lot of noise about the things we see wrong in this world, and there's a lot to be pointed out, there's nothing wrong, like I gave in that sermon over the weekend that this individual wrote about, being salt and light. Salt is been known since the time of Christ to be a preservative. Food would last longer because of salt. But when the salt loses its savor, that's what Jesus says, it's worthless. It doesn't do what salt is supposed to do. It's no longer, shall we say, salty. You cast it on the ground to walk upon. It's worthless. It just becomes pavement to go under your feet. And light. We as Christians should be a source of light in this world. And sadly, more often than not, we are not. The pandemic was fast proof about that. How quickly many people fell away from the church. It brings to mind an old song from years ago called Excuses. Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day. Now the devil, he'll supply them if from church you stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep them folks away from church, he offers them excuses. In the summer, it's too hot. In the winter, it's too cold. In the springtime, when the weather's just right, you find someplace else to go. Well, it's up to the mountains or over to the beach or to visit some old friend. Or just to stay home and relax and hope some of the kin folks will drop in. Well, a headache Sunday morning and a backache Sunday night. But by work time Monday morning, oh, you're feeling quite all right. Well, one of the children has a cold, 
pneumonia do you suppose? Why the whole family had to stay home Just to blow that poor kid's nose Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day Now the devil, he'll supply them If in church you stay away When people come to know the Lord The devil always loses So to keep them folks away from church He offers them excuses Well, the preacher, he's too young Maybe he's too old Those sermons, they're not hard enough Sometimes they get too bold His voice is much too quiet-like Sometimes it gets too loud He needs to have more dignity Or else he's way too proud Well, the sermons are too long Maybe they're too short He ought to preach the word now Instead of stomp and snort Well, that preacher we've got must be The world's most stuck-up man Well, one of the ladies told me Sunday Why he didn't even shake my Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day Now the devil, he'll supply them If from church you stay away When people come to know the Lord The devil always loses So to keep them folks away from church He offers them excuses So to keep them folks away from church He offers them excuses I know that song has got a few decades behind it, The Kingsman, and a song called Excuses, a bit humorous. Sometimes the best humor is rooted in truth. And unfortunately, what has been true for decades in what I call the Western Americanized, easy to go to, no obligation church, it's been very true. Now in this time where we have the ultimate excuse, we don't have to go at all because the government says it's dangerous. I think of that poor Canadian pastor who now is being ordered by a court to lie to people anytime he speaks. And I got to give him credit. Too many Christians today wouldn't do what he does. Peter made it clear in the book of Acts, when you're laws of men come into contradiction of the laws of God, God always wins, period. There is no, there is no discussion to be had. And so bear that in mind. So I think of this pastor, he's going to defy that order because he knows that it's going in contradiction to God. God would not honor him if he was to obey what I call a satanically driven order. Do you believe in the work we're doing here at the program? Would you consider helping us? You can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder at 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Florida. That is one word, Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. When we come back tomorrow, we'll pick up on this same topic, on what can the church do in such perilous and changing times such as this. Until then, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.